We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast, presented by Overtime Media. I am one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. You can find me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-C-K underscore Pearson. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. You can find him on Twitter at, at Aaron Lemming NFL. Aaron, how are you doing, man? Doing all right. It's, uh, well, we got one more football game, which is obviously the Super Bowl, and that's the uh, that's the end of the, the, the season, and all the, all the fun uh, off-season stuff starts. So I'm kind of... Kind of been holding back a little bit on that just because it's, uh, I don't know, man, the, the off season's long, as we all know. So it's kind of one of those things I don't want to jump too far into and start getting obsessed with free agency in the draft now and then have that, that long wait. Yeah, I'm with you, man. We have essentially one football game left, two if you count the Pro Bowl. I'll probably tune in a little bit just because there's some Bears players playing. Um, but yeah, this is like the most boring week of the NFL season because you have to wait this whole week for Super Bowl week, which starts next week. And it's just kind of like, yeah, you have the senior bowl, but for a team that doesn't have a first or second round pick, it's kind of difficult to, uh, not only, you know, create content, but have talking points for us. Um, but thankfully, you know, there's the Bears held, uh, the press conference for Chuck Pagano and some other kicker news today, but, uh, we'll, we'll get into that all later. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, it, it, it's just, it's one of those weird weeks, like you're just waiting for news to break. And seemingly the biggest news has been that Saints Rams miss call. And it's just, it's a weird week in the NFL. Yeah. It's always kind of a boring week. I mean, it's one of those where, I mean, the season's essentially over outside of the Super Bowl, which obviously the bears aren't there. So now it's kind of, at least for me in my mental 
middle state is always kind of like, all right, you know, let's get this game over with so then we can move forward to free agency. Because, I mean, right after this ends, it's basically, I mean, just kind of give you give you guys an idea of timeline of what's going to go on with the offseason is the Super Bowl ends, uh, the Alliance Football League is going to start shortly after that. But then you've got, uh, you know, you got the Combine, uh, you got the – the start of tag, uh, we call it the, uh, the the tags that start here, um, and I think that's right around the middle of February or end of February. You got about a two week span in there, and then you have obviously the combine, which is kind of where free agent talks uh, happen as well, plus all the draft stuff, and then you get the start of free agency that starts technically March 11th. Uh, well, actually, technically the 13th, but the 11th is when the, the negotiation period starts, and that's where you start seeing guys sign. So, I mean, it's going to be it's it's going to be a slow few weeks after this, but we're also going to see the Bears fill out the rest of their coaching staff, and we'll kind of get an idea of what's going on. We'll start seeing some rumors. So, really, after the after the Super Bowl ends is really kind of when the off season kicks off in terms of rumors. And I, I don't know. I mean, we kind of talked about this before. I think the Bears are going to be a little bit more active than, uh, than, than some people think. I mean, obviously, they're not dealing with much cap space, but they have a lot of ways where they can create cap space. And they're also kind of entering a window right now where – and it kind of started a little early where they've – in my mind, they've only got a few moves they really have to make. And, you know, uh, I, I think they could be right back there and they could be better than they were last year. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But, I mean, now we got to talk uh, – about some of the defensive stuff. I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons the Bears got so far this last year. And now they have a new defensive coordinator. And at least uh, by the sounds of it, with Chuck Pagano, it didn't really sound like much is going to change. Yeah, no, it didn't at all. And, and you know, before we get on that, that the whole offseason thing, like you said, yeah, it's 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 kind of different feel, though, for the Bears without those, you know, first two picks. I mean, generally in the years before, we you know, we'd probably be talking about a top five pick and, and what the Bears are going to do, but it's kind of refreshing. And yeah, like you mentioned, they brought in Pagano, and you know he's he talked to the media. We'll get into that. Um, I'm just ready. I'm ready for the Super Bowl now. I'm ready for this week to get over with. I'm ready for training camp, and I'm ready for that warm weather. It's freezing here in Chicago. I don't know what it is where you're at, but it is damn cold here. And I'm just kind of dreaming of those hot, muggy end of July, August days where we can actually get some legit training camp content pumping out. Yes, yeah, it's, it's been pretty nice here. So I, I mean, it's especially uh, compared to you guys. So yeah, I haven't really had any complaints on the weather, but I'm right there with you. I mean, even even with baseball starting up soon, it's like it's it's one of those things. I'm trying to immerse myself because I'm a White Sox fan, so I'm trying to immerse myself in some of the you know the Manny Machado rumors and the John Peterson stuff and all that. But when it really comes down to it, I mean, my main focus is always going to be the bears and football. And I, I think it's going to be an interesting off season. I mean, I, I think even if there's not a ton of activity, I mean, there's, there's plenty of storylines to follow. Uh, you know, they got some guys that need to, to keep obviously with their own free agents and stuff like that. So it's, I'm, I mean, I, I could, I wish I could blink in the season started tomorrow, at least training camp started tomorrow, but man, we got a, uh, we got a long few months ahead of us here. So hopefully, hopefully we have some action. Yeah, I'm with you. And, uh, you know, before we get into everything, um, we're going to talk a lot on uh, Chuck Pagano. His first press conference with the Bears happened on Thursday. Um, some Senior Bowl stuff we have on tap. And then uh, a little bit of a kicker competition at Hallis Hall Friday morning, which kind of broke early. But before we get into all that, we're going to pause for um, a break from our sponsor. And uh, we'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> The Old West is an iconic period of American history. 
I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And we are back here on the Bear Report Podcast presented by Overtime Media. I'm Zach Pearson. Aaron Lemming is also on with us. Um, Yeah. Aaron, uh, Chuck Pagano met the media on Thursday for the first time. Um, It it was an interesting press conference. I I took a lot of things away from it. Um, Pretty much the biggest one is don't expect a lot of changes on this defense. He's going to run something similar to what Fangio did here. I thought it was just a little refreshing to hear because I I feel like the 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 thought is oh you hire Pagano everything's going to change this number one defense is just going to totally change and while you know you have guys like Adrian Amos and Bryce Callahan who might not be back ninety percent of this defense is pretty much going to be back next year. Yeah, and I think I think that Pagano is going about it the right way. I, I, I do think we're going to see some changes. I mean that's just that's just what it is. Uh, whether it be personnel, I think that he is he does have a more aggressive mindset. But I think, you know, basically what he talked about was that the terminology is really about the only thing that's massively different from what he is going to bring in versus what Vic Fangio did. And he said that he's going to kind of bridge the gap on that. It sounded like a lot of what he was going to be doing is shouldering uh, the terminology aspect of it meaning that he was going to be the one that changes a lot of what he does so that way the players don't have to learn a lot but I think we're going to see a little bit more of aggressive approach I think we're going to see a little bit more uh, man coverage Uh, I think that's just kind of a given with what Pagano's done and but I mean overall I mean why would you want to to come in and completely change what the Bears have done. I mean, the Bears' defense has been on the up and up for the last few years. And, I mean, we saw it last year. In some numbers, they were top 10. Uh, And then, obviously, this year, they were – I mean, they were the best defense in the league. I don't really think there's any argument about that. So, I I think he's smart in what he's doing. I think some of his – I think most of his hires have been pretty good for the most part. I won't lie. I was a little surprised that as many of the guys went as they did. But at the same time, I mean, I guess that's kind of to be expected. So I just – you know, listening to him talk, it it just kind of sounded like he was pretty – it seemed like he was pretty grateful for the opportunity. You know, for those who don't know, who didn't tune into the press conference – one of the things he touched on a decent amount was the fact that he wasn't in the league last year. And he went from being a head coach for six years uh, to, you know, being out of the league. And he, he basically kind of had to figure out how he was going to go, you know, about his everyday life. And it was a big change for him. And he basically talked about being rested rested and recharged and, and coming back. And I thought one of the biggest things, at least to me, that stood out was the fact that and maybe this is just kind of coach talk and all this other stuff, but it sounded to me, I mean, he flat out said it, he has no interest in, uh, you know, pursuing any head coaching opportunities. And I think that's kind of a big thing right now because obviously Vic Fangio left, uh, you know, and I don't think there were very many people who expected him to be a head coaching candidate. And I mean, he only had the one interview. He ended up landing the job. Great for him. I hope that works out for him. But I, at least for me, I'd like to see some sort of continuity with this coaching staff for the most part through the next few years. I mean, you've got a window right now, and that's really what this comes down to. The Bears have a window. 
Uh, it's going to be heavily heavily relied upon that their defense sticks at, I would say, a top-five level. I think their offense obviously needs to take a jump, and I think it will. But I think that keeping the defense intact the way it was and, and just kind of letting your offense naturally develop the way that it should is probably the best way to go about things. And I think that's why uh, the, the higher Pagano made so much sense. Yeah, when he said that, I was actually a little surprised. Um, I don't know how what your thoughts on it in terms of saying, yeah, I don't have any interest in being a head coach, is what I took away from that is that when he was asked that, it kind of came off as, well, now that I'm defensive coordinator of the Bears, I don't have any interest. But before, remember, there was that report that he had the interview with the Packers earlier, um, I think, I believe it was in December, maybe mid-December, and everyone kind of like joked it off and laughed it off. But I want to say it was Ian Rappaport said that there was significant interest from both sides. Now, with Pagano, obviously, he he probably did have an interest of being a head coach before he took the Bears job, but being the Bears defensive coordinator, I think he kind of meant it in a way of, yeah, now I'm in a great position. I'm in an, in a historic franchise. He spoke about, you know, how grateful he was to have this position, and, you know, don't expect me to leave too soon. I think maybe three to four years from now, if a job comes up and he's a leaning candidate, I think he'll take it. Um I think it's crazy for him not to. I kind of like it when, you know, a coach on my staff says, well, yeah, I, you know, I still am interested in being a head coaching candidate just because you want, you know, you want someone like that to pursue a bigger opportunity eventually, as much as it hurts the Bears. Yeah, it would suck if there was complete turnover again and within two years Pagano's gone because he's taking a job takes another job, but I don't know. It was just a little weird. I, I, I felt like the question was kind of just misunderstood by some people. Um, I don't, I don't think, you know, he meant it as anything disrespectful or anything like that, but um, yeah, I, you know, I want to go back to the point where he did say a lot of things are going to be the same. The terminology is going to be a little different. And he also said that the bears, they're going to mix in. So they're going to use some of what the old bears terminology was and some of the stuff that he's going to bring in, which will, you know, help the players that are coming back as well as adding new stuff to them and maybe the coverage change you know names will be different whereas one team calls it cover nine the other this team might call it cover three do you see a big you know kind of impact in that or do you think it's just going to kind of be learn on the fly the players will get it pretty easy I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I really don't. I, I don't think uh, any of the transition of what's going on is going to be a, a big thing. I think more of what fans are going to see the big change in, or not even really a big change, but just a change in general, is just going to be the fact that I think during the season, I think we're going to see, I don't think we're going to see guys like, uh, you know, Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd dropped into coverage as much. Uh, and I, I, I think we're going to see rushes, the pass rush come from different areas and maybe more blitzing, whatever it may be. But I, I think we'll see a more aggressive style overall. But I don't think we're going to see anything big in terms of, you know, the terminology. I don't think it's going to be a big issue. Just like you pointed out, 90 percent of the defensive guys are coming back. And, you know, you can look at it. And ultimately, I, I would say when you when you look at it, because you have, what, three decent free agents uh, when you talk about Bryce Callahan, Adrian Amos. And Aaron Lynch. Personally, I don't think Aaron Lynch is coming back. I don't see any reason for him to come back. He really, I mean, he had his moments, but I, I think if anything, he's going to follow Vic Fangio. And once again, the guy can't stay healthy. I think really what this is going to come down to is you have Bryce Callahan and Adrian Amos. Uh, ideally, I mean, it would be nice to lock up both of those guys. I think Callahan being hurt is definitely going to help that. 
just for the simple fact that I, I don't think he's going to be able to go out on the open market and get you know seven eight million a year like he was because he still hasn't played a full season. And Adrian Amos, for as good of a of a player as he's been for the Bears, he's very limited. And I think we kind of saw that. I mean, he's not very good in coverage. He's more of an in the box guy. Uh, so I think really it's going to come down to, and that's kind of the thing. This is going to be the theme of the Bears off season is you. They've only got three starters that are free agents right now. They got Bobby Massey, they and obviously Adrian and, and or Adrian Amos and uh, Bryce Callahan. I mean, those are the only three starters that they have that are that are free agents. So. I think really the main thing is going to be, you know, retain who you can, um, try to upgrade where you can. And at the same time, I think you got to kind of look at the situation and say, this is a, this is an area, at least for me, when I'm looking at the, when I'm looking at the, uh, the Pagano hire, okay, they have a lot of talent on defense right now. They've got a lot of these guys locked up for a while, but the, the biggest key and something that the bears did very well under Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel when they were here is the fact that they, they drafted well and they developed those guys. I mean, Eddie Jackson, Adrian Amos, those guys were those guys were mid round picks. The same thing with Bilal Nichols. I mean, you you have multiple players. Bryce Callahan was a was an undrafted free agent. I mean, you have multiple guys within this defense that the, whether it's depth, whether it's starters, whatever whatever it may be, they were developed. And I think that's kind of the key thing, at least for me, that I want to see from this this defensive staff is bringing in these guys. And, and developing them, and and the reality of the situation is quite simple, right? You you've got Khalil Mack who's on a big deal. You got Leonard Floyd who's got one more year left on his his rookie deal, and then he's got the fifth year option. I would imagine, some way, shape, or form, they're going to try to you know they're going to try to keep him around, and I would assume that they're going to at least have Bryce Callahan or Adrian Amos, one of the two. They're going to be back, if not both. So at this point, you've kind of got to look and say they've already got a lot of money invested within this defense, and now you've got to kind of start looking and say, okay, well, let's just say, let's just say Adrian Amos is the one that goes. You need to be able to bring in, like, you know, you have Deion Bush who played okay. He's got one more year left on his rookie deal, but you need to be able to bring in some of these guys and you know from the draft and be able to develop. And I think that's kind of the big thing for me right now. I want to see the development of this coaching staff and how how they do things. Can they sustain the talent? Like I said, over the first you know year or two. The Bears are going to have, you know, the same quality of talent, maybe not a little bit better with free agents. But what's going to happen when they get tighter against the cap? What's going to happen when Trubisky's no longer on a rookie deal? What's going to happen when, you know, they, like I said, I mean, their their cap space is going to continue to get smaller over the years because of what they've invested, who they're trying to keep. They have guys that are going to be free agents all over their roster within the next few years that they're going to have to extend. So this is where the the key of Pagano and his coaching staff of developing. Uh, you know, maybe lesser free agents and, and draft picks, uh, you know, whether those are higher draft picks, middle round draft picks or even even undrafted guys. That's really what I want to see. And that's that's kind of the thing that I'm going to be watching for over, you know, however long Pagano's here, you know, at least the next year or two. Yeah. And that, that goes back to that window when you traded for Cleo Mack and the year before you traded up to draft for Mitchell Trubisky. That's your window. I mean, you have 90% of the defense coming back, and like you said, developing those players uh, over the years has helped out big. Vic Fangio is a huge part of that. Can Pagano do that? Because this is a big offseason for Ryan Pace, even despite without those first and second round picks. If he can hit on a third or fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, that's huge because you're in this window right now. You have those holes, and if you don't bring anyone back, you're going to have to find players to step in and do that, whether it's Deion Bush as a safety or maybe um, a rookie they bring in as a safety or maybe a veteran they try to sign for cheap. You're going to have to find that development stage to kind of plug and play 
um, to, to replace Adrian Amos. So that's what I'm kind of curious and interested in seeing throughout this offseason and how Pagano kind of works with them. But, you know, from the, from the sound of it, Pagano said he has texted some of the players um, when he got hired. He said he, he texted them, I believe it was January 11th. He had that whole NFLPA bowl he had to take care of last week, which was an obligation before he got signed to a defensive coordinator. So he's talked to the players, and, and kind of the general thought was he said, most of them said, yeah, we're ready to get to work. We're ready to get back in the building, get going. We're ready to come in and kind of get this bad taste out of our mouth from the loss to Philadelphia. Granted, a lot of the defensive players are in Orlando right now, so they can't really come in and get together or anything like that. And when the offseason happens, um, you'll start to see that as they get ready for mini camp and going into training camp. But I, I, I like that kind of chip on their shoulder, and, and I feel like Pagano maybe is embracing it a little more than I expected him to. Now, he wasn't here when the Bears lost to the Eagles, but it's kind of like that same mindset, like, yeah, we're going to come in, and he had the quote, this defense is going to wreak havoc. And that's exactly what that defense did last season when they finished number one overall in the NFL. They were forcing turnovers left and right, and not only forcing turnovers, they were capitalizing on turnovers. It's one thing to maybe get a takeaway and set yourself up with good field position. It's another when you're running them back for touchdowns, and then it's another thing when your offense is scoring them. That's one thing the Bears did really well last year. They wreaked havoc on opposing offenses. Yeah, you can say, oh, they played the Bills, they played the Jets, they played the Cardinals, but you can only play who you play on your schedule, and, and you still have to go out and dominate. It's still an NFL team. So I, I like that he's kind of embracing that that mindset of the history of Chicago, that nasty defense where you're going to have to win through your defense and whatever the offense gives you, granted I think the offense is going to take a step um, in the right direction this next year, that's that's almost going to be like a, a, a bonus in a way. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's it's one of those situations where good teams lose coordinators all the time, right? Good Good teams lose coaches all the time, and it's – and part of being a good coach in the NFL and being a good team on a consistent basis is not only being able to to replicate what they've done before, improve, or be right around the same, but also be able to backfill those positions. And and I think especially with somebody like uh, like Matt Nagy, I mean he's he's fully aware of how much turnover he's going to see with coordinators with different things over the years. And I, I mean, he was with Andy Reid. I mean, the, Andy Reid had, what was it, you know, two or three offensive coordinators go for head coaching jobs in a very short amount of time. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I think Nagy knows how to deal with it. Now it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if this defense can pick up where they left off. Because that's one of the things. When we when we look at, you know, the, the teams over the last few years, I think one of the things that we kind of saw last year was, you know, with the Rams and the Saints, right? The Rams and the Saints kind of came out of nowhere, uh, led offensively, but they had really good defenses too. I mean, the Rams had a really good defense. The Saints had, a, I think they were one of, if not the top defense in the league last year. And then this year we kind of saw them fall back a little bit with the defense and their offense took a step up. So I'm I'm very curious to see because let's be real right now. The, the Bears don't have the quality of an offense as the Rams do or the Saints do. I do expect them to take a big step next year. And I think that Trubisky going into a second year under Nagy's offense is going to be big. I think having guys like, uh, you know, Anthony Miller develop, I think that, uh, you know, Allen Robinson is also going to be big. And I think a big key too, which I think maybe we should talk about a little bit later. It's not really new news by any means, but 
improving the running back position, I think can go a long way. And George McCaskey had some, uh, had some thoughts on that, that he talked about on the radio that I thought were actually pretty interesting, but I think we're going to see a jump within the offense, but I think in order for the bears to take the next step, that needs to happen, but their offense also needs to play along the same caliber. And I think, sorry, their defense needs to play along the same caliber. And I think that's something that we're going to see. I mean, the, the big thing with the Bears right now is, and I, I know we keep hitting on it, but the fact is, at very worst, they're going to have, you know, they're going to have to replace two defensive starters. And it's easy right now to look. And we and it was a, kind of the same thing as the Rams going into this this past offseason. You know, a lot of people looked at them like, well, they can't really make that many improvements, and they have a ton of free agents hitting the market. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Bears, or sorry, the Rams, you know, they, they re-sign all their guys. They add Indomitian Sue, they add Marcus Peters. Uh, you know, there, there was a ton of talent that they were still able to add, and they kept guys like Aaron Donald, and they kept guys like Mikel Roby Coleman, um, and even were able to franchise uh, LaMarcus Joyner. So I, I think the Bears have more than enough resources to be able to keep these guys intact. And I think they have, uh, you know, somebody in Chuck Pagano that knows defense really well, is very highly respected. Uh, I think he's going to fit in in terms of culture. I think he's going to fit in perfectly with this team. I don't expect to see a, uh, you know anything drastic change, but I do think that that fans may end up liking uh, Pagano's style a little bit better, just because it's a little bit more aggressive. And I think that instead of seeing uh, the defense kind of back down or not back down, but back off a little bit, maybe the you know late third quarter and the fourth quarter, you're going to see an attacking style all the way through. Um, so I I don't know I I'm pretty optimistic in terms of the defense and and what Chuck Pagano is going to bring. I don't think we're going to see much of a drop off at all. And I think in some ways his overall style is going to be something that I think a lot of Bears fans are actually going to like. Yeah, you kind of hit hit it right on the head there because if you <laughs> on Sunday, if you during a Bears game, if you were on Twitter and you saw Bears fans tweeting, there were times when a lot of them were unhappy when things went bad on the defense. A lot of fans were unhappy with how Fangio maybe managed late game situations on the defensive side of the football, whether it's not blitzing enough against Tom Brady. Um, or dropping Cleo Mack back in coverage at times, there were there were some frustrations. And, yeah, rightfully so, there should be some frustrations. So Vic Fangio wasn't perfect. I loved what Vic Fangio did in Chicago. I thought he was great here, but he also wasn't perfect. There were, there were times where his defenses really struggled, and I think it's going to be kind of refreshing to have someone like Chuck Pagano with those late-game situations. You're going to see different things like you mentioned. Maybe he sends the blitz a little more than... Than, than Fangio um, did, or maybe he disguises coverage as a little different in the fourth quarter, takes you know um, some more risk just because of what this defense has and the talent it has right now. So, um, yeah, you, you brought up the Rams, and that's actually a very good point because so the Bears have been, you know, compared to the Rams for, well, it started probably a year ago. Um, it's obviously you can see why because the Bears brought in Matt Nagy as an offensive-minded head coach, just similar to McVay and the Rams. They have a quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky who was like Jared Goff, struggling the rookie years. Goff took the next step in his second year. I think Trubisky took a step in his second year. Um, Goff has the Rams in the Super Bowl this year. We don't know what the Bears are going to do next year. But when you say on defense, the you know all the moves that they made and all the right moves that they made, the Rams went for it. This offseason, they went for it. They lost in the wild card round at home to Atlanta last year, similar to what the Bears did in against Philadelphia. And they went out and they shirred up that defense. They knew they had the pieces on offense with Todd Gurley, Goff, Cup. Um, they got Cooks. 
so they went and attacked it. Okay, here's our weakness. Our defense right now is our weakness. Let's go out and find guys. They signed Sue to a pretty much one-year prove-it contract. And leading up to probably the final six or seven games, Sue didn't live up to that contract, and he, he kind of emerged at the end. Now, you have Aaron Donald, who signed five more years, but you also went out and traded for Marcus Peters. And then the big move that I thought really kind of sent them you know, over the top and really improved their chances as kind of going you know, overlooked, they went out and got Dante Fowler. And Fowler wasn't very good in Jacksonville for being the number three overall pick. And who made that play on Drew Brees the other day where um, he lobbed the ball up in overtime and it was a pick? That was Dante Fowler. That was a risky move for one year one year of him, a former number three overall pick. But it, it showed the Rams went for it. And I feel like the Bears kind of have that mystique about them this year. Granted, they don't have a lot, essentially, to, to use to go get a star player or anything like that. But they kind of made their move with Khalil Mack a year earlier. So, what what are kind of you kind of see the Bears maybe making any move to go for it or do anything big? I don't know. And that's kind of a thing too. Is and we kind of need to see how everything develops because the the reality of the situation is the Bears don't have a ton of space that they can create. And obviously they can cut a few guys. I mean, I, I would expect them to be rolling with right around $30, $32 million going into, you know, before they make any other moves. I think they'll cut Deion Sims, will make a few other moves, uh, Kyle Long pay cuts, stuff like that. Um, the thing the thing is, is, I mean, they can create another, I think it's about $11 million in cap space if they convert Cleo Max, uh, some of his, his, basically his base salary from this year into a signing bonus and then, uh, that would also help as well. So, I mean, they have ways that they can create space. Uh, I, But when I look at the free agent market right now, um, you know, and like I said, I mean, it still needs to develop a little bit. When I look at the free agent market right now, I don't know that there's really that one big move that they can go out. I mean, l- looking at the roster, uh, I mean, it, where where can they add somebody that would make a ton of sense and who's even out there? I mean, the, the one thing that would, you know, I guess it would make a, a big difference would be, Let's just say Le'Veon Bell. That's not going to happen, obviously, because the Bears aren't going to spend fifteen or sixteen million dollars a year on a on a running back. Yeah, they're not doing that. No. Yeah. So, but I think after that, I mean, you look at it. I mean, maybe you upgrade at safety. I I, I don't know. Maybe instead of Adrian Amos, you you bring in a guy like uh, uh maybe you know the Honey Badger. I I don't know. Landon Collins. Maybe it's just when you look at this roster as a whole, they don't have a lot of weak spots. I think they obviously could use some depth. Um, but I don't know if there's going to be that one move where they can go out and everybody's going to be like, oh, wow. You know, like the Rams had a hole at corner. That's when they went out and added Marcus Peters. Um, you know, the Bears don't really have one of those holes right now. I think really the only the only real hole that I see is that running back. And I think – and I hate to say it, and this is just my gut feeling. But you're going to say it. I know, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I, I think as as this progresses, I think we're obviously seeing, and I've been, I've, I'm I'm wrong. I mean, there's just really no other way to put it. I think the Bears would have any interest at all, but I think Kareem Hunt seems like the guy right now. I mean, there's just bingo. Uh, that's, that's I knew you were gonna say that. It just it feels that way. I don't like it. I understand. And it's weird because I, I posted about it on Twitter the other day, and I actually had quite a bit of people that were upset with me for feeling the way I felt about it. I get it. Everybody feels differently, but I mean. It, Okay, let's let's just put it this way. When I'm looking at the Bears free agency right now, I think the 
the best way to improve their team. This is just my personal take on it. Okay, you've got you, – you don't have a first or second round pick. You don't have a ton of money. So if it's me, I think the, the best possible way to go about this, at least on a generic front, would be this. Resign Bobby Massey. Bobby Massey has actually been pretty damn good the last two years. I think he's a little overlooked. Resign Bobby Massey for two or three years. Maybe give him a you know a year, year and a half guaranteed. So that way you're not creating a hole there. Uh, if you can get Adrian Amos and Bryce Callahan on decent deals, you know five or six million dollars a year, resign those guys too. You know I don't think either one of them are going to command huge guarantees or huge money. So you you all of a sudden you have no starting holes, right? And then you go out and you say, okay, keep Jordan Howard. I, I think you're going to have to keep Jordan Howard at this point just for the simple fact because I think even if you sign Kareem Hunt, he's going to have anywhere, I'd say, from a three- to six-game suspension. We'll have to see how that plays out. We should know about this. So go ahead and sign Kareem Hunt. I, I'm not a big fan of that move, but just do it. And then the, the, the last real move for them to make is – is a kicker situation in a Robbie gold. I mean, it, it's going to kind of suck that you're going to be paying seven, eight or $8 million a year uh, or this year um, for, you know, the kicking position. But right there, you take out the kicker who, who was the one who costed you at least two games. Then you have you, you, right tackles situated for at least a few years. Um, you've got, you know, safety corner, all those positions, and then you're going to have a little bit of money left, and you're going to have some draft picks. So you know you can do whatever you want with those. But I don't know if there's really a situation where they can go out and and truly make a big upgrade like an Indomitian Sue was supposed to be, or you know Marcus Peters or anything like that. But if you want a very generic way to really not have to spend that much money and be able to, you know, and it's kind of boring in some senses or whatever, but to to kind of keep your team the same. And make yourself better in some areas. You sign Robbie Gold. You re-sign your primary free agents. And you know, it's like I said, I, as much as I hate to say it, you you get Kareem Hunt. I mean, I, I just I think if you want a blueprint for how they can get better and uh, you know not spend a ton of money, that would probably be it. See, and I think you said it just right there. While it might not be the the maybe the Marcus Peters or the the Sue move or even Fowler, I think. Getting a kicker, shoring up that spot, that's your one big weakness right now as a kicker. That's that's something that, you know, it, it costs you a playoff game. Obviously, you can say, well, it's, you got to score more than six points in the first half and your defense had a chance to stop. That costs you a playoff. You still got to make a kick. That costs you a playoff game. I think going out and getting, like, a Robbie Gold, or even if it's not Robbie Gold and it's a kicker that they find a diamond in the rough in the draft or a veteran that just somehow turns it on and is really damn good – that's your move right there, and and I think Kareem Hunt is your running back move. They're not going to go out for Le'Veon Bell. They're not going to trade for Antonio Brown. You can put those away. Don't. We can't bring those up ever again because that's, that's definitely not going to happen. But with the Hunt thing, I understand people's feelings on it. Football wise, it does make sense. It makes one hundred percent sense because he is an ideal back for Matt Nagy's offense. And I think if they somehow do land with Hunt and they get a kicker, whether it's Gold or a, a rookie who turns out to be really good, I think those are your big moves. I think you're filling the needs right there. Whether whether it's not, you know, it's not a pro bowler like Marcus Peters or, or a pro bowler like Sue or, you know, a, a top pick like Dante Fowler was, it still, you know, kind of solves your needs. Um, yeah, I want to get into some other stuff because I really want to do get into this kicking stuff, and I think that's a great way to segue into this. Before we do that, though, let's hear um, a word from our sponsor. We'll be back in a couple seconds. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. And we are back here on the Bear Report Podcast, presented by Overtime Media. I'm Zach Pierce. I'm joined by Aaron M. Aaron Lemming, as always. 
Aaron, um, we just got done talking a little bit about how the Bears can improve um, with you know making some moves and, and replacing Cody Parkey. Today, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport both reported the Bears' kicker search has officially begun. Um, they're working out six or seven kickers, apparently, at Hallis Hall. I don't think they're working them out outside. I I can't imagine a kicker kicking a frozen football like that, so I'm guaranteeing you they're in probably the Walter Payton Center. What 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 is your takeaway from this? Obviously, these are players that are not signed to another team. It's the only way the Bears can try them out. What, I mean, do you see anything coming coming from this? Um, you know, the three names we do know right now is uh, Nick Folk, Austin McGinnis, and Blair Walsh. Um, we're a little familiar with Blair Walsh just because he kicked in Minnesota and had that awful playoff miss. Do you see anything coming from this? Well, um, I don't know, man. I And here's the – and this is uh, from a, a Twitter account on – well, on Twitter, obviously – uh, Four Star Sports tweeted out this list about five minutes before Ian Rappaport came out and said that uh, I think it was Blair Walsh was one of the other ones. This is this is their list. So outside of Nick Folk, you have Blair Walsh, Redford Jones. Um, Jones kicked at Tulsa, apparently. Um, you also have Ernesto LaCoyo, who kicked at Hastings College. I don't even know where the hell that is. Uh, Austin McGinnis or McGannis, McGinnis, whatever his name is, uh, he kicked at Kentucky. And Josh Gable, um, who apparently was in camp with New England a year or two ago, uh, he kicked at the Nebraska Danger in the Indoor Football League. So here's the thing, okay? We, we've got um, Nick Folk, who sucks. I'm just going to put it out there. Nick Folk sucks. The dude's 34 years old. He's bounced around. He got cut from the Jets. Uh, then he went to, I think it was Tampa Bay, and he sucked, and then he didn't play last year. So let's go ahead and throw that out right out the, you know, right off the bat. You got Blair Walsh, who has not been the same since he had those hiccups. He used to be a really good kicker in Minnesota, and he had those hiccups. He missed that one in the in the playoffs, and he's never been the same. So he sucks as well. Uh, the rest of these guys, you got Redford Jones, uh, LaCoya, um, McGinnis, and Gable. None of those guys I've never even heard of, I'll be completely honest. So you've got basically four unknowns and or five unknowns or whatever it is, and you've got two dudes who have obviously proven over the last two or three years that they're absolutely 100% worse options than Cody Park at this point. So I think really this is my mindset on it, right, is I don't think regardless they could, they could sign one of these guys, they could sign two of these guys. I don't really care at this point. The fact is – Neither one of these guys are likely to be um, the week one kicker. Um, I think what the Bears are doing right now is they're getting an idea of what they have. These are street free agents, and I think that's another thing to keep in mind. Uh, the Bears cannot try out any sort of pending free agent. Anybody who was on a team this year, they can't, or that ended the season on a team, they can't try those guys out. So within those, you know, Steven Goskowski, um, obviously Robbie Gold, all those guys would fall into the category of guys that they cannot try out. Those are also guys that will not try out because they're proven kickers. They're some of the best kickers in the league. Um, so the the reality of the situation is simple. If the Bears sign one of these guys, I really wouldn't put too much stock into it. I think this is really kind of a we're going to add a veteran on you know minimal to no guaranteed money as we head into the off season. Um, you know we we still got what a month and a half before free agency even starts. You know let's just say that they go out and and, and San Francisco does not tag Robbie Gold and the Bears go out and they sign Robbie Gold. Well, obviously, if they were to sign one of these guys, then that guy is automatically going to be cut. There's no kicking competition or whatever it is. So really, all this is is 
if they bring one of these guys in, which I kind of doubt at this point, it's going to be something as simple as they have somebody that they could push uh, that they could push Parky with for the time being. More often, or more likely than not, what's going to happen is, you know, worst case scenario, they would have this guy on the roster. They're going to cut Cody Parkey at some point. Cody Parkey is not going to be on the roster for 2019. There's just no way around it. I don't see a situation in which they're going to pit whoever they would sign here against Parkey in training camp because I think that's just a recipe for disaster. That's something that they've done the last few years before they signed Parkey, and it hasn't worked out. So ultimately, I think what's going to happen, a worst-case scenario, is they're going to sign a veteran, um, maybe one of these guys, maybe somebody that goes through free agency, doesn't get the money that he's expecting. I can't really give you a name on that right now. And then they're going to go out and they're either going to draft a kicker in the late rounds or they're going to sign an undrafted free agent and they're going to pit those guys against each other. But ultimately, the reality of the situation is quite simple. It doesn't really matter who they sign off this list because the the overwhelming majority of what's going to happen is – you know, the this guy, whoever they would sign, or Cody Park, he, are not going to be on the roster, probably even for training camp at this point. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, it sounds like exciting news. Oh, the Bears have six or seven kickers working out for them. It's not really that huge of a deal. The thing I take away from it is that Ryan Pace is dead serious. He's going to do whatever it takes to find a kicker to replace Cody Parkey. If, like you said, it's very unlikely he's going to find one out of these guys that are working out today. But say he does. That's... It's just a bonus to him. It's he, he wants to bring in a lot of competition. They're going to have a minimum of two kickers beginning with minicamp. They could have three. There could be a scenario where they have three where they keep Parkey through minicamp. They're not trotting him out at training camp. There's no chance in hell. That would just do him. That, he'd get booed off the damn field. Um, so, yeah, there's a scenario where he could be cut after June 1st before training camp, and he could be in for the camps in May, and they have three kickers. I think... I, I tend to agree with you. I think they're going to find a veteran in free agency, whether it's Robbie Gold or someone else, and I think they're either going to draft one or they're going to find an undrafted kicker following the draft and bring him in. Because the more competition, the better. I mean, no, nothing's ever been hurt from competition, and the Bears didn't have competition with um, Cody Parkey last training camp, I believe. They did have it with Connor Barth, a couple kickers, but, yeah, there was no competition for Cody Parkey. They handed him that big deal and said, the job is yours, and essentially he failed. I I like I do like that Ryan Pace is at least trying him out. Like I said earlier, it, it does show he's dead set on finding a new kicker because he he absolutely has to. You can't go into next year with another kicking problem. This would be what fourth straight year that the Bears would have questions at kicker. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Because I mean, if we're being completely honest, I mean, even Robbie Gold's last year wasn't very good. So I mean, this yeah. is. Kicking's been an issue for the Bears for a while, and if and we've said this multiple times. If the Bears consider themselves Super Bowl contenders, they absolutely have to get the kicking situation figured out. Unfortunately, it's not as easy as some people say it is. I mean, Goskowski more than likely is going to end uh, back in uh, New England. I don't think Robbie Gold is nearly as much of a given as some people think. The 49ers have a lot of cap space. They could easily tag Robbie Gold at $5 million dollars. And really, that's not going to make a dent in any of their cap space. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I, I just think that fans have to be have to be open right now to the reality that there's there's multiple avenues that the Bears are going to use this year. Obviously, it would make more sense for them to sign somebody like Robbie Gold, but it, that may not happen. I mean, that that may never be an option for them. So if it isn't, then they have to be prepared uh, to be able to. You know, they they already met with a kicker uh, during the Senior Bowl. I mean, there, there's. 
they there's different avenues that they can go down. Even if they pit a veteran against two undrafted rookies and, and camp, I think the Bears are in a position right now where they can they can, you know, basically have two or three spots tied up in kickers on their 90-man roster because a lot of the roster is already going to be figured out by that point. I mean, at least they're starters and maybe, you know, some depth pieces. But there's not going to be very many open roster spots for the Bears moving into training camp. So they can afford to keep two or three kickers on the roster until they figure out who's going to be the best because ultimately, if the Bears are going to be considered a Super Bowl favorite, we just saw it this last week. We just saw it with Will Lutz. We, I mean, we, we've seen it this entire time. Good kickers make good kicks. Uh, you know, the same thing, obviously, with uh, Greg Zerline as well. I mean, these guys, good kickers make big kicks, and that's really what this comes down to. And good teams usually have good kickers. Uh, we've seen it with New England. We've seen it with all sorts of teams. So the Bears, if they want to be considered a truly good team, they have to have the kicking situation figured out. But just keep in mind that there's there's a decent chance that they're going to have to go multiple avenues to be able to find somebody. And some of the better kickers in the league have all been undrafted guys anyway. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Sitting back Sunday and watching the AFC and NFC Championship games and watching those kickers just drill. Like, Zerline hit, what, the 58-yarder to send him to the Super Bowl in overtime? And I think he had another 50-yarder to tie the game to send it to overtime? It's like sitting back, you're like, man, come on. And even watching Will Lutz hit a couple of clutch kicks. Uh, Harrison Butker hit one towards the end that kind of either tied the game or gave the Chiefs the lead for a brief moment. Or no, it was, it was to tie the game and send it to overtime. Yeah, it's just, it's like what could have been if the Bears had a solid kicker. And it's just been one of the mysteries under Ryan Pace. He's done a great job with other free agents. He's done a great job in the draft, in my opinion. But just finding that kicker, and granted, the whole Robbie Gold situation was probably more of the coaching staff at the time not wanting him there with John Fox and in, in that. It just, it's frustrating, man. To, to, we could be, we could be talking about the Bears in the Super Bowl now, but instead we're talking about other kickers and how they've led their teams to the Super Bowl. You did bring up, though, that the Bears did meet with a kicker at the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl practice is still going on. The game is Saturday um, down in Mobile, Alabama. The Bears did meet with Cole Tracy, kicks for LSU. Um, he kind of had a rough start to his week. during. I think it was Tuesday's practice. He missed a couple kicks, but after that, he was pretty rock solid. On Wednesday, he had a couple long kicks, and I I think he ended practice, I think it was a 53, 54, 55-yarder, and he looked good, and the Bears have met with him. He's the hot name right now. I've seen him mocked anywhere. It's still early. I've seen him mocked anywhere from fourth-round pick to seventh round. Um, personally, I I know you need to find a kicker. I have a hard time spending a fourth or fifth-round pick on a kicker. Yeah, no, you can't do that. The, well, and the, the other reality for the Bears is is is, is this. They have a third, a fourth, a fifth-round pick. They have no sixth-round pick, and then they have two sevens. So the Bears are limited with their with their draft capital. I mean, that's just that's just where it's at right now. They can't afford to, to spend, yeah, like you said, a fourth or fifth-round pick on a kicker. They can't afford to do that. I do think because of how minimal of an impact most seventh-rounders have on uh, you know on teams as a whole, I do think that they can absolutely afford to use a seventh round pick on one of those guys. I will also admit that I have no clue what the hell I'm talking about in terms of you know who's even in this draft in terms of kickers anything like that. So that'll be something I'll have to go back and research. But I think the Bears, even with the situation that they're in right now, I think they would be absolutely foolish to use anything uh, higher than a seventh round pick on a kicker. Right. 
I don't know. I'm still under the, you know, I, I, I'm fine with kicking. I don't think it'll happen, but I'm fine with them bringing in three kickers at this point. I mean, if they want to bring in two undrafted, or if they want to draft one in the seventh round, uh, get the best undrafted free agent they can, and then have a, uh, you know, have a veteran or whatever and, and, and figure things out from there, that's fine. Um, but I do think that one of the Bears' top priorities absolutely has to be, um, you know, assuming that they don't sign somebody like Robbie Gold, has to be the fact that they need to at least get one of the top undrafted kickers. That's the thing. I mean, look at look at guys like Harrison Butker. Um, look at some of these other guys, Will Lutz. I mean, look, there's all sorts of these kickers that have been in the league for a few years that are undrafted guys. And that's kind of the thing that's kind of confusing me right now is how do the Bears miss out on Lutz? How do the Bears miss out on some of these other guys? You know, it's like they were in need of a kicker. And yet their their scouting staff, whoever was in, I mean, their special teams have been bad for a while. I mean, let's just face that uh, head on as well. But the fact that they have not been able to identify one of these guys as the, as the right kicker. I mean, even somebody like Andy Phillips, why didn't Andy Phillips get a better shot? I, I don't understand why this has been such an elusive thing for Pace. But honestly, I mean, if, if, if Ryan Pace has any sort of thoughts of winning a Super Bowl, that's, this is one of the things he's got to get right. He's built a great roster around them. I don't think it's going to do anything but get better for them in terms of that. But they've got to figure out the kicker situation. And even if that means spending three roster spots out of a 90-man roster on kickers at this point, you got to do it. Well, yeah, and you, and you look, look at two of the opponents the Bears have played this year. The Giants went and found a kicker in the seventh round. He was already among the best in the NFL. And then the Dolphins, who Cody Parkey left, found a kicker to replace him, and he essentially beat the Bears with a field goal. So it's it's very frustrating, man. It's it's just Pace has got to find a kicker. Whatever is going on, it has to end. I don't want to look back 10 years from now and see this window, this three- to four- or five-year window of the Bears making the moves to put themselves and set themselves up in a position to go to the Super Bowl, be spoiled because Ryan Pace couldn't find a kicker. That'd just be a god-awful story. Yes, do whatever it takes. If you have to use three roster spots going into a minicamp, use them. Just find a kicker, and it'll make everyone happy. Um, in addition to Cole Tracy, the Bears have met with a number of prospects um, throughout the uh, Shrine, game, Shrine Bowl and now the Senior Bowl this week. Um, I'm just going to kind of go down the list here. They met with wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson from Fresno State at the Shrine game. Um he is an intriguing prospect because he's very quick. He seemingly catches everything that's thrown to him. He's kind of built up a lot of draft hype over the past couple of weeks, so we'll see if his draft stock continues to rise a little bit. Um, they did meet with a couple offensive linemen, Andre Dillard out of Washington State. They met with him at the Senior Bowl. And then Lamont Gallard, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, out of Georgia at the Shrine Bowl. Um, and then Edge. They met with Derek Roberson from Sam Houston State, the Shrine Game, and Carl Granderson from Wyoming. Um, those are all obviously positions, positions of need. Wide receiver is not as big of a position of need. Um, granted, you're going to have to find someone. If they don't bring back Joshua Bellamy or and Kevin White's pretty much all but gone, um, maybe bring in a late-round guy, maybe a fifth-round pick um, to kind of see if it, maybe even Javon Wims kind of turns out. Uh, but the other positions are pretty high of importance, I'd say, moving forward. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, and, and the one thing to keep in mind with the Bears is they've made multiple draft picks um, over the last few years with Ryan Pace uh, with Senior Bowl guys. So, I mean, that's kind of something. And that's the other thing, too, is 
the, the list that you just read, and obviously, you know, we, we both have the same list here. There haven't been a lot of reports over the last few days of, of, of players meeting with teams and stuff like that. So I'm sure we'll get a few more. Um, you know, certain websites like Walter Football is really good about being able to document stuff like that. I usually take the information that they have and then obviously the the reports of people on Twitter that are there and different stuff like that. And I always have my spreadsheet available and that'll be at the top of my timeline until, you know, right at the draft or after the draft. Uh, but I can tell you right now by tracking all this and going back the last few years and looking most of the time when the bears are picking, uh, you know, when they pick players, I mean, those are guys that they've met with. And uh, I, I would say probably, 50, 60% of the players that they draft that they met with are usually at the Senior Bowl. At least they have met at the Senior Bowl, maybe have a private meeting or meet at the Combine, whatever it may be. So I wouldn't say to put a ton of stock into who they're meeting with or whatever it may be, but I do think that uh, those names are interesting, interesting, especially when you end up getting the full list, you know, towards the end of the draft after, uh, you know, towards right, right before the draft happens when you have – uh, you know, these these big lists of the private meetings that they have, the workouts and stuff that they have, you can kind of look and you can kind of get an idea of at least a few different picks. And I think that the Bears, especially this year and next year for that matter, are really going to have to rely on their meetings and they're going to have to rely on, I would say, safer than normal picks, kind of like they had this last year's draft where they need contributors in the third and the fourth round. I mean, it's kind of one of those situations. Ryan Pace has been really good in the fourth round and really good in the fifth round. He needs to be able to hit, uh, I would say, you know, on, on their third, fourth, and fifth round picks, he needs to hit on two of those three. And I'm not saying like, you know, Pro Bowl or all pro caliber guys. I'm just saying that they need to be contributors and they need to be able to form into starters because the Bears aren't going to have a ton of draft capital. And like we we're talking about earlier with the defensive side of the ball, the Bears need to be able to keep bringing in young players and developing those guys into starting caliber players because at some point in time, whether we like it or not, the reality is is that the Bears are going to have to let some of these drafted guys that they have right now go. Uh, whether the, you know, and obviously we won't get too far into that, but the Bears are going to have to start supplementing talent with draft picks, and they've done a good job of it. I mean, they built the roster up on that with that, but at the same time, it's going to be even more important moving down the line when some of these drafted talents that they have that are playing at good levels for them leave in free agency. They're going to have to be able to supplement that talent and be able to you know be able to backfill those positions with guys that they're drafting and really those draft classes are going to start this year i mean these these are the kind of draft classes even though they're not going to have high picks that are going to be very important for them moving down the line 100 percent agree and one of those guys last year that kind of made a name for himself in the east west game and senior bowl was blah nichols um, I believe the Bears met with him once, maybe. I can't remember exactly, but he, he was a guy that ultimately raised his stock. He had a good showing in both games. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Ryan Pace has been money in the fourth and fifth rounds, um, so there's really no throwaway picks with him. Um, and like you said, he's going to have to start building through these drafts and, and, and you know, kind of rebuilding his roster as we go on the years because you look at there's guys Prince of Mookamore only signed a two-year deal so you're gonna have a need at corner if you don't bring him back after next season so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a three-year deal three-year deal was it three-year 27 I still can't believe they gave him that kind of money yeah that yeah. was three years you're right yeah three years 27 there was two two years guaranteed but you still bring up a good point because they can't afford to keep guys like Prince of Mookamore uh, you know, if they're paying other guys, I mean, that's, that's, that just kind of feeds into the point. Like they've got to be able to supplement this talent. And eventually you're going to have to move on from guys like Danny Trevathan. 
veterans who you might not want to move on for, from. Not saying this year, but eventually the time's going to come when you have to replace them. So, yeah, we'll get more into that because all, all that stuff, the draft prep, all going on. It'll be fun next couple of weeks um, leading into the combine, and then eventually you get the whole two-month or month off before the draft. So, um, yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for this time. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. You can follow me on Twitter and uh, Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Um, you can read my work at The Bear Report. And Aaron, where can I follow you on Twitter? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming, NFL 1M and Lemming. And, uh, you know, obviously the Bear Report as well. And, yeah, so we got we got a lot of good stuff we're going to be pumping out and kind of getting ready for free and seeing drafts. Yeah, and hopefully some uh, special guests joining us in the next couple of weeks to kind of uh, make this podcast a little more fun and get some more insight. So uh, stay tuned to that. Like us, rate us, review us on all podcasting platforms, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.